get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Count that, that big with Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Alex Ferrario. It is BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. BK back tomorrow. Blues back in action on Thursday when they take on the New Jersey Devils, as you heard T-Bone mention in his Sports Center update. But now we head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Always look forward to our chats. BK's missing out on this one. This is what happens when you take vacation days on Tuesdays. You don't get to talk to our guy, Dan McLaughlin, Cardinals broadcaster. Danny Mack, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Doing fantastic. Enjoyed the morning show today. And I heard you guys talking with uh, Klaibs about Jordan Walker and the expectations for this top prospect in their Cardinal system. And what caught my eye yesterday was Katie Wu and Keith Law putting it out from the athletic, the Cardinals prospect pool in their minor league system. And Keith Law had them ranked at 13th. Dan, does that surprise you, especially where the Cardinals have been drafting over the last few years? Not necessarily, because in 2020, they went with high upside guys. So they took some chances on, let's say, a Jordan Walker and some of the others that they went after. Last year was Michael McGreevy, and the idea behind Michael McGreevy is that he's coming from college, he's established, he's a strike thrower. Now, we haven't seen a lot of him. Probably starts out at low A initially. Uh, you know, he was a guy that pitched primarily in the backfields and then moved to Palm Beach uh, A-ball by the end of last season, but these are guys with high upsides, you know, Mason Wynn, uh, Josh Baez, obviously the aforementioned Jordan Walker. And then you had established guys that by all accounts, depending on who you talk to, Nolan Gorman, Matthew Libertor, Avon Herrera, no matter what, if it's baseball, America, Keith law, Brian Walton, whoever is evaluating these guys, all those guys are in the, the top 100 of those lists. So you've got three established guys, and then um, really kind of the wild card in this thing is Jordan Walker. And a lot of people look at him as being a, a top 30. Some think he's top 15 already. He's 6'5", 220 pounds. He's a gap home run hitter. Right now he's at third base. And I think the, uh, the biggest thing for him will be still adjusting to better competition because he's never played double A AA or triple A. And then uh, potentially making that defensive transition if Nolan Arenado is to be here at third base then it's a transition to the outfield. And by all accounts, Walker could do that. He's got a big arm and can run. So they've got some pretty exciting prospects. And normally we're talking pitching with these guys, but in this case, uh, some pretty high position players that the Cardinals are very, very high on. That's what I wanted to follow up with, Dan. I mean, you're, you, you know your Cardinals history. I mean, you've been following this team for a really long time. Can you remember the last time that they had this many high-end prospects on the offensive side? 
No, I, I really can't. I mean, I'm so excited, especially with Jordan Walker. Um, I haven't seen him except on video. Nolan Gorman, I've seen him in person, and he's cut down on his strikeout rate. So a lot of people look to him being a 30 to a 35, maybe a, even a 40 home run guy. Avon Herrera, the heir apparent, potentially at catcher, is a guy that had 17 home runs in 99 games, just 99 games, but only 18 games at high in 2019 and then eventually moved up because of the lost season of 2020. But generally speaking, it's been, especially in recent history, the Cardinals have had big prospects that are Carlos Martinez, Trevor Rosenthal, Lance Lynn. You're talking about pitching and not position players. So uh, to your point, Alex, this is a pretty exciting time for some of the position players of the Cardinals. I want to go to the pitchers, Danny Mack, and Matthew Libertor is the big one, of course, in the Cardinals minor league system. We, we've talked a little bit. Maybe we see him some this year. The one I'm curious about, especially heading into last year, we talked a lot about Matthew Libertor and Zach Thompson. Zach Thompson took maybe just a little bit of a step back last year, really st- struggled in AAA, had an ERA above seven there, but he pitched fairly well in the Arizona Fall League. How do you think the Cardinals are viewing him this season, and do you think we may see him a little bit this year as well? Really good question. Um and let's start with Thompson, and then we'll go to Libertor. Both are lefties. Zach Thompson was a high draft choice a couple of years ago out of Kentucky. He's a battler, and that's kind of always been his M.O. Now, hits and walks were high, but he was much better, as you mentioned, in the Arizona Fall League. The biggest concern with him is the walks. And if we learned anything from this season, you know, you don't want to walk the ballpark. And he did have an issue with that to an extent at the Arizona Fall League, although he was – an Arizona Fall League all-star. So right now the question for him, is he a back-of-the-rotation type uh, type uh, uh, guy or is he going to be a long reliever and kind of go along the path that Carlos Martinez went, then Dakota Hudson, and then you know eventually graduate to uh, what we saw with the rotation. So that's, that's one of the things that is going on with him. But he, he has to, more than anything, limit walks velocity in the Arizona fall league was back and the sharpness on his secondary pitches was much better. Matthew Libertor is 92 95 with the fastball. He throws downhill. The lefties only hit 244 against him. Now where I think you have to be a little bit concerned for him is that right-handed batters had 17 home runs. So what that tells you is he's got to work on his changeup uh, to neutralize right-handed batters Now, he only has, I was adding it up, only 235 innings of professional baseball. Now, he did lead the Cardinals minor leaguers in innings, and his second half was terrific, much better than his first half. But his season last year went from a jump of A ball to triple A, and it was a tale of two different seasons, and it's not an easy thing to do to make that jump. So uh, I think the expectations with both these guys is that eventually, especially in the case of Libertor, we probably see him in in the major leagues this year at some point. This offseason shortstop was the big question mark for the Cardinals, and we've talked a lot about it, Danny Mack. Will they go explore the free agent market? Is it Paul DeYoung? Could Tommy Edmond go there? Uh, we've talked a little bit in the Cardinals system. We've mentioned Brendan Donovan could be a utility guy for the Cardinals. One guy that I've seen a lot of people ask about, and it's because of the shortstop tie, is Delvin Prez, a guy that was drafted pretty highly by the St. Louis Cardinals, highly regarded, and he's been a slow developer. What do you think... Is Delvin Perez going to be a big league guy that we could see maybe make a debut this season? I don't know, Tanner. I think that's a tough question to answer. Now, he did show more power last year. He's got to he's got to show that he can hit at the levels that he's being elevated to. And the Cardinals, this is make or break with him and their system. They've got one more year 
in the system with Delvin Perez before he becomes a, a minor league free agent. And the Cardinals may lose him. You still have the, the, the Rule 5 draft with some of these guys. Like, they could lose Delvin Perez. They could lose Luke and Baker, uh, another one that's been exposed that has got a high upside of power, but does he have a position? Could he make it at this level? That's a question mark. But, yeah, it, it could be one of those top guys that they took a chance on a few years ago. I think it was Randy Flores' first class and he dropped when he had the uh, the PEDs association and, and dropped down in that first-round class. But, again, when you're a first-round pick, you're going to get a lot of the benefit of the doubt, and now it's just trying to figure out whether or not he can compete at this level. And I think the jury at this point is still out. Dan, final one I wanted to ask you about, and going back to the pitching side of things, uh, we've talked a couple of weeks ago about you know the the – outlook of this team when the lockout is lifted and they go back into uh, before the season starts and maybe sign a bullpen arm. Derek Gould had in his piece on the Post-Dispatch, he listed off some names that would make sense for the Cardinals. Some of them are guys who have a track record of success like a Joe Kelly or a Ryan Tapera, but then there's also a couple of guys with reclamation projects like a Robert Selman from the Mets or an Archie Bradley uh, who most recently pitched with Cincinnati and with Washington. Which one do you feel like would make more sense for John Mozeliak to go out there and get a guy who's got that track record or somebody like maybe a Pat Neshek who's just looking for a rebound season? Well, they've already done that with Neshek, and he has shown that he does not want to throw on back-to-back days. So, And he's made that very vocal. I, I, I kind of, and I, I know he's got the funky delivery and, and can be deceptive and has had good years and really had a great year with the St. Louis Cardinals when he was in St. Louis, but I, I don't know if that's the right fit. Joe Kelly, to me, depending on what he'd be asking for, I know he'd be not only open to the idea of coming back to St. Louis, but would welcome it. And it gives you a little bit of flexibility in your bullpen with closer. Um, you know, you're not sure what's going to happen with Jordan Hicks. What about Alex Reyes? Gallegos would be the guy right now, but if he's pitched three out of four, you got to turn to somebody else Joe Kelly has got that that uh, that in it on his resume, um, and when I saw him at the end with the Dodgers when he came through St. Louis, he was awfully good. Now, by the end of the season, though, he was dealing with some injury problems, and that would be my concern with him: is how healthy is he, and and how much do I want to dedicate to that arm, and what does the open market look like for Joe Kelly if somebody even says, "Hey, maybe we're looking for a guy that could be a closer." Um, and then Tapera is a guy that burst on the scene with the Cubs last year gets a lot of ground balls and that would seem to fit right up the Cardinals alley with the kind of defense that they have at the corners, certainly with a gold glover at second and they're above average, no matter who plays it short, so sir to young. So you can make a case for all of them, but it depends on how they want to allocate those funds. I still think that they need a bullpen arm and any of those guys I can make a case for, for sure. 